Welcome to the Not-For-Profit On Purpose podcast series. This series is designed to help guide you on your journey through the not-for-profit space in terms of all things not-for-profit, including structures, setting up your not-for-profit, how you report, board governance, accounting, and anything else you could possibly think of in regards to not-for-profit. G'day, Justin Hawk from Rightsource here talking not-for-profits and governance. Pretty exciting stuff. So one of the things uh, we wanted to talk about um, that I've come across a couple of times now, I want to share the benefits of doing something like this is when you've got a CEO in a not-for-profit especially, um, whether you should afford them the opportunities to sit on boards of other not-for-profits. Now, it's a very interesting question. Simple answer from my point of view is I think it's, it, it provides a great deal of opportunity and something you should definitely look at doing. But let's have a talk through where I think the opportunities are and yeah, some of the things you need to consider in terms of the risks, um, in terms of putting a CEO or your CEO of your organization on as a onto a board of another not-for-profit. So first consideration. Obviously, the first one that springs to mind, especially if you are the CEO on a not-for-profit is, I don't have any time to do that. There's no time. So let's... I suppose when, when we hear that or when I hear that, it's really more of a question, what's your pro, it's more of a prioritization question. So if there's value in doing this, well, maybe that we could make time to do it. So, But absolutely, one of the big things you want to make sure of when you're, especially if you're bored and you're um, in terms of managing your CEO, is you don't want to give them more stuff that they just don't have time to do because that can just lead to, there's already enough burnout in the not-for-profit space in terms of executives uh, working extra and above and beyond their role to throw them something else when they're already at over capacity obviously you want to be careful of but given that let's have an explore of how moving down this path could be interesting and beneficial to the CEO and the organization as well so the first one I see as beneficial is really if you if a CEO gets an opportunity to be on a board it gives an opportunity to step in the shoes or walk in the shoes of, of a director so takes them out of that executive role and puts them into a directorship role. Now, this then gives them experience in terms of being part of that that of that board, being in that role where you don't have, you know, a, a strong handle on all the detail, where you struggle with that, you know, that always that balance with directors or in terms of being able to know enough about the organization to be able to make good decisions, but also holding that line so you don't get too involved in the organization. So, I suppose by able to walk in the shoes of a director, what that then brings to the CEO is that when they are doing their board reports and reporting to the board, they have a first-hand knowledge of what the directors could be looking for. So it helps the communication flow, it helps that respect, it helps that mutual appreciation of where each person is, so that helps the whole flow of the board work better. It also, with the CEO being part of you know, taking on a directorship role, it does help um, with their strategic thinking. So some CEOs, especially if you've, if you've been at one organization and you've been promoted through the ranks, you know, one of the areas that some CEOs aren't strong on is strategic thinking. They're very good operationally, they're good at managing people, they might be great at advocacy. Maybe that strategic part, depending on how they've got to that CEO position or for the first role in CEO, they might not have that experience in strategic thinking. By placing them onto a board or putting them in that directorship position, it helps expose them to that strategic thinking. It helps them um, be part of a group whose role is to think more strategically. So it can just help them experience it and therefore you know, unlock the potential that they may already have within them. 
And so combined with that, so, oh, well, we're just, we're just using the other's boards to teach the CEO how to think strategically. Well, true, but also that CEO being on the board, um, and I've seen it too, where you've, you've had a board that has a, a, a person who's a current CEO on it, allows the board to understand the current operations without delving into the CEO with too much detail. They can, they can tell, it gives them a better barometer on what's traveling and what's working well. For an example, uh, where there's um, an issue with security um, and the board's wanting to make sure that everything's been taken into account in terms of making sure staff are secure and they're safe. By having another CEO who's experienced in doing exactly that work, it can be used just to validate the feedback they're getting from the, ex the current CEO without needing to go into a whole heap of paper. Can you give us a, a paper on all the, the work that's been done? It's like you can, you can get the right questions and the right response, which then speeds up and allows the CEO to, the CEO to get on and, and do their job. I suppose likewise, where you've got, um, where you're dealing with another CEO or another organization, and this is whether you're, in whatever, any respect, being on a board, allows you to develop knowledge on how organizations work. So by a CEO being on another organization's board, they will come across how another organization works without it being, um, you know, without it being necessarily a coaching session or a consultant coming in telling the CEO, this is how you should run your organization. They're there on a board being able to see how another organization runs. Now, this allows the CEO or anyone on that board to really learn different perspectives. So you might have a different way you manage your, you know, how do you manage your staff engagement or your culture? Or, you know, what what way do you report to the board? How do you format your board reports? All these type of things that, you know, there isn't necessarily a right way to do things, but there's lots of different ways. And by exposing your CEO to being able to see different ways, that may allow them to bring other ideas back into how the organizations run. Now, it's not necessarily copying, and this is where you, you obviously want to be clear on this. You're not copying or stealing an organization's IP. You're just going, well, it's opening your eyes to the ability that there could be more than one way of doing things, which then allows you to ask the question, are we doing things the best way we can, or there is, is there another way? And I think just that ability to be sitting down, looking at other op ways things operate is what can help elevate and this is also how you know being part of an advisory board that's part of that experience being part of an advisory board gives you you know being able to share things with other other people and how they operate the benefit of being on a not-for-profit board is you're actually contributing back to an organization in the sector so that, that's I suppose one of the benefits of NFP boards then I suppose more holistically from your CEO that you're giving the opportunity to go on another NFP board, there's two other things that that helps with. One, it helps with the CEO's career development. Now, one of the big challenges in not-for-profit space is your CEO, how do you mentor them? How do you create, how do you allow them to grow? Because quite often there's not a lot of spare resources in a not-for-profit for training opportunities or growth. Or, so you really are, really are limited in your budget. But if you're giving the CEO the opportunity to sit on another board, that in itself, that experience that can help with their career progression, their career growth, and ultimately can help with the engagement of the CEO back in your organization because they're still growing as an individual, they're able to not, well, they're less likely, I suppose, to go looking for another CEO role so they can continue to grow because they're getting that growth through another avenue. And lastly then, 
and never to underestimate the value of this, but it allows the CEO to develop their network. And in the not-for-profit space, networking and having those people you can call on when uh, either to need to help or to collaborate or to help um, just with you know, achieving a goal of the organization should never be underestimated. I mean, that net networking value in the not-for-profit space, I mean, basically we're all one big family, that should never be underestimated. And that ability for a CEO to create another network through another organization is incredibly valuable. There's some benefits, I think, in terms of a CEO of an organization going and working on a not-for-profit board. And probably the, the proviso with that, obviously the time, which we start with at the top, but also you do want to make sure you're not too closely aligned. So obviously if you're not a CEO of a, a domestic violence not-for-profit, you don't necessarily want to be on a board of another domestic violence not-for-profit just because there is a, very, a much higher potential for conflict. It can be done. And if you do do it, just be aware of you know the line that you, you shouldn't cross in terms of that conflict of interest. But you know, there's no reason why if you're on a CEO of a DV organization, why you're not on a homeless organization or you know a, a food supply or you know there's other not-for-profits that are adjacent to what you do. We have similar challenges, but not be specifically dealing with the same issue that your CEO positions. That just helps avoid any you know, continuous conflicts or perception that there might be you know, you know, secrets stolen or, or things like that. So that's that's really the, probably the other proviso you really want to be careful of. But other than that, like if you're working in an NDIS field and you want to go help uh, work on a, uh, on a disability field and you want to go work in a homeless board, like there will be things that you can share. There will be absolutely um, value you can add to that, that board but it helps make sure that it's enough separation in terms of the two businesses that there's not um, an obvious conflict. If you liked what you heard today, feel free to subscribe to the podcast series. And if you'd like some more information, check me out on LinkedIn. I'm happy to connect and answer any questions you might have. Otherwise, thanks for listening. It's Justin Hogg from RightSource.